We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast is recorded and pay our respects to Elders past, present and Aboriginal Elders emerging. Welcome to the Vale Podcast, in bed with Robin Vale Appliances and Furniture Zone. New name, same people, more stuff. Last week was a warm-up for our storyteller, Nasaya Mokak. She spoke about her project in response to COVID-19 and her community program, which is supported by the Robin Vale Employment Hub. This week, she's well warmed up and opening up about her story, her struggles, being a teenage mum and dealing with grief and loss as a mother. A word of warning, though, there are some pretty heavy topics, such as the death of children, pregnancy loss, miscarriage and suicide. So if any of these conversation topics are triggering for you, please see the links to services in the show notes and on our website. Also a warning for our Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander listeners, this episode does talk about people who have passed away. Now, the story starts in Darwin. You grew up in Darwin, is that right? Yes, I was born and raised, born and raised in Darwin Mm -hmm. and um, my family originate from Broome. My grand, my father and um, grandfather was, was a pearl diver in Broome. Really? Married my grandmother. Um, I had my, oh, sorry, my great-grandmother. And then I had my grandmother and then my grandmother married a pearl diver. Mm-hmm. And there, hence, we all came along. All Actually, not all because I'm the youngest of eight. Are you? Yeah, 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 from my mum and dad, Mm -hmm. but the third youngest of 17 from my dad. Of 17? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So how is it, um, and forgive my ignorance, for, for, you know, different mobs up in that, I lived in the Territory for a year, and what's your tribal? We're we're Dugan people from WA. Yeah. So, um, so broom, right? Um, and and you know the, the interesting thing about that is, like I I wasn't born on country, um, so I've actually, you know, when you when when we start talking about cultural stuff and all mm. of that, you know, I didn't get to experience growing up on my country. So so when my grandmother she had left, um, my grandmother and my grandfather had picked up all their children and had left Broome. Right. So, and and I think there were another couple of families as well. So my sisters and brother lived this, you know, they they actually lived it. I was still tucked away in my dad. <laughs> and um, so 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 then my grandmother and we've we've had lots of different stories that have come out um, over the over the years as us as adults are looking at stuff. But yep. basically, my grandmother picked up her children, mm. their 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 husbands and the grandchildren, and they started the trip away from Broome. Why? Well, they, oh, I think. Um, because at that time, Aboriginal people needed to be in in their their establishments or missions that they had, particularly for Aboriginal people. Oh, being herded up. Yeah, and yep. where where our family wasn't, because our um, my grandfather was a Indonesian pearl diver, so oh. we were in the in the Asianics in the Asian section and stuff. Right. So they were resided in there. So, but. 
um, you know, all sorts of different stories. So I don't know how much of it is true or, and, and they're just stories, but, but it all sort of falls into place when I think I used to think my grandmother was such a hard, really nasty, mean sort of a lady and mm. we were the black sheep of the family and mm. all that sort of stuff. But when you look back... She had to be. Yeah. She actually had to be. And and for that woman, that amazing woman to to pick up her whole family and just run with us, you know, and just pretty much because pretty much that's what she's doing. Yeah. To keep us together. And so they ended up 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 towards um Catherine, you know, moving all the way around and, and to Adelaide River and then Darwin. Wow. So so but I was um Probably created in Adelaide River. <laughs> and oh, what, you, you've never been told that story? Does anyone ever want to hear that story? <laughs> so, Because so, everyone was in Adelaide River then and then we all moved up to Darwin. So I actually grew up in Darwin. Right. So born and raised. Which part um, of Darwin? Uh, we were in... We we were in more uh, Parap. Yep, Parap. Great market in Parap. Yeah, or oh, great food. Mm. And and then the cyclone came mm. and wiped everything out. So you lived through Tracy. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah. Wow. I was only little. So, yeah. So, um, and so wiped out the house, and then we all got shipped off on an aeroplane. And then when we came back, where did you go on the aeroplane? We went to Sydney. So it's because when because it was all um, they took all the women and children. Oh um, right, okay, yeah. yeah. So they evacuated. So, you. Yeah, evacuated right, okay. us. I just need context when you yeah. say they flew us away on an airplane. What, what are you talking about? Okay, yeah, so, so, you're not cattle. <laughs> what are you talking about? So the, the women and children, most women and children left except for you know emergency services, families, or whatever. They case maybe I was only little. Yeah, yeah, and um and when we came back, we came back to a demandable in Moyle. Right. So we we lived in a demandable for a long time. So these are these are the memories from a you know little mm. kid, um, and and yeah. So then then we ended up when they obviously started rebuilding and and all of that. We ended up in a in a house in Milner. Mm-hmm. So uh, Marsh Street, Milner. Yeah. Fondest memories, um, and 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 that was really. That's where my brothers and I were with our mum. Yeah, and um, yeah, so that was that was that was that period of time. And then what happened after that? So then, obviously, you know, as you get older, mm. you have. But you were schooled in Darwin. Schooled in Darwin, yeah. you know, and and my fondest memories because we were so there were so many mixed cultures up mm. there. You didn't realize. Well, you didn't think you were any different. Mm. You actually didn't think you were any different because, you know, some of my best mates were, were, you know, Asian, Greek. I'm trying to be politically correct here. There's no room for political correctness. When when we were kids, they'd call Mm. us, you know, awful derogatory. Well, nowadays they'd be looked at derogatory, Mm. being seen as derogatory words, where back then they would... You know, terms of endearment. Yeah, and you, you know, know what? I think the Italians, I think if you talk to people like my dad, I know that he, um, there's a couple of words now that if he hears them, even in passing or telling old stories, he gets his pupils dilate and he's like, absolutely not. You can't, mm. you know, because he was the young the young kid going into a white school, 
you know, with his salami and the homemade bread for lunch while everybody else has got Vegemite sandwiches, you yeah, know, he, and, yeah. and a bloody chocolate milk. He's got a salami sandwich and a bottle of vino. But, yeah, I think that's where if you ask any, any sort of um, family from around that sort of time, from 30, 40, 50 years ago, they'd sort of go, well, yeah, that's just what, Mm. You know, they all call us the little wog kids, but it was mm-hmm. affectionate. Yeah, yeah. And now people get very, like you just said, you're trying to be politically correct. Yeah. Back it's, then it was just how, I mean, there's a, there's a couple of words that I still go. There's a couple of stuff go, that you do. But, mm. but, but you, also, you also know with the tone and the intent. Yes. If there's, if there's something you can feel, you know when someone's being derogatory. Yeah. You know, and, and like... Yeah, we we we. I I still get some of my my friends from up in the territory. Like I, I saw one of them comment on one of my posts posts the other day, and he was a a Greek friend from one of the big Greek families up there. And mm. and and back then, you know, Greek Greek kids weren't allowed to date any any of the other kids because you know you just that's what happens. That's just what happens. Yep. But but there were so many multicultural relationships up there just just a well you beautiful. said your grandfather is an indonesian pearl diver mm. and your my father's malaysian really yeah so my father's malaysian so um so yeah so, so that's why so you, we've got the aboriginal uh, asian influence beautiful looking like just yeah okay right. it, it kind of makes sense now because you kind of go oh yeah okay i can see a bit of that yeah, yeah it's, right. it's 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 interesting because i actually didn't realize that I had a particular look and a and an old elder at an education conference years and years ago pointed out me to this young fellow and said you need to find out where that girl is from and and I <laughs> the young fellow comes up and I said oh oh Victoria <laughs> and he said oh, that doesn't work like. No, she doesn't look like that. Mm. And and then he persisted with the conversations for, for over the the day. And then as we unpacked it, Darwin and he goes, yeah, that could work because yeah. a lot of the Broom families had moved up to up to Darwin. Mm. And then when I said to him, but my mum's from Broom, you know, she's a Broom girl, and and I could hear the old guy saying, I told you, yeah, I told you, because there's a distinct look apparently. Yeah, so. I've heard Uncle Jack Charles talk. I listen to a lot of his podcasts and read his books and stuff, and he often says when he was a kid growing up in the boys' home that people would be able to, or, you know, elders when he went out into Fitzroy or whatever in Melbourne, used to be able to spot him in a pub and tell him who his mother was, who his uncles mm-hmm. were and which family he belonged to just by looking at him. Yeah. Which is it's amazing. It's it's, yeah. it's actually amazing. you don't realise the how strong the gene pool really yeah. is. Like when when we moved oh when I was I was in Maydeck. I, I started working with Maydeck in Muldura years and years ago. This mm. is just two thousand and something. Um and this gentleman was was a fair distance away, and he could only see the back of me. and And I I, I had a laugh with the girl behind the counter. And then this old guy comes around, and he goes, "He said, excuse me, do you know?" Uh, and, and and he rattled off my father's name. Mm. And I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm 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 his daughter. And he goes, I used to work on the railways with him. Wow. And, he said, "I heard your laugh, and I thought, gee, that sounds like Johnny." And 
And then he said, when I walked around and saw the back of you, yeah. um, it just, it just has, has to be. And I thought, God, I didn't realise I looked so much like my father wow. from the back. Yeah. So, so yeah, so so pretty much that's mm. um, like. Hang on, let's go back to Darwin. Darwin. You were getting schooled in Darwin. Schooled in Darwin. Yeah. Yes. How did you end up in, you're in Robinvale today. <laughs> How long have you been in Mildura for? Uh, well, we moved down to Mildura because my, my hubby is from, his family's originally from Mildura or Mubeen. Okay. Um, and he he his dad used to go back and forward to the territory. So in winter he'd go up to the dry season in Darwin and work up there and then oh. come back. So back forth, back forward. And then they eventually stayed up there, spent a bit of time up there. Um, and and so my hubby sort of grew up up there, and mm. I I I met him sort of somewhere along the line. <laughs> yeah. How long have you been married? Well, we're not actually married. Oh. Yes, we're sinners. Whatever. What do they call it? Uh, Common common something marriage. Anyway. I don't know. I tell Mm. my children when they're being naughty that they're bastards. (laughs) My husband was a bastard You can't say that. And I go, well, it's fact. (laughs) How many kids have you got? Four. Four. Right. We we actually had six, but we lost twins. Oh, they um they would have been twenty six. So, oh, so yeah, sorry. So, but that, that, you know, oh look, it's it's the stuff that you go through over your life is mm. how you come out the other end is what matters. Yeah, sort of thing. So, um, you either you it, it builds you into a stronger individual, mm. and um, you know, we don't get the choice of the shitty hands we get dealt. It's but we do get the choice of. How are we going to come out? How you react? Yeah, yeah. So, so um, so yeah. So I met met the hubby, met the hubby. All of um. So let me think. How old am I? I'm old. I'm old. You're not that old. I don't reckon you're that much older than I am. So we've been together. My eldest is thirty. Okay, you might be a little two. bit older than me. Mm-hmm. But mind you, I secret. Mm. I had him when I was seventeen. Did you? Yes, yes, yes. So, so it's it's kind of so I have a lot of insight into things. Like mm. I was doing a another project on that uh, focused on young mums. Yes, and because the, you were the, a young the mom. government. Well, well, nobody knew that, mm. but just listening to them constantly talk about young mums as a deficit. Yes. So, oh my god, and then an Aboriginal young mum. So that's even worse, sort mm. of thing. And I actually pulled the. The secretary aside, and I said to her, "Look, I'm struggling with this. Mm. Um, we keep talking about young mums as a deficit, and in 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 this project, and and I said, I was pregnant at 16, had my son at 17. I tell everyone I was 17, so it sounds a bit better though I wasn't a little dirty. Um, <laughs> and and I said that at 17, I had my first first child." And I don't think there's anything wrong with me. No. So quite the contrary. So with everyone, you know, looking at these young women as a deficit, what is that saying? Mm. And and that's unfortunately uh, deficit sells. Deficit gets the funding. And it's, I it's hate that mentality. Shit. It's yeah. Shit. Vulnerability gets the funding. Mm. Let's just let's just do it. Be a helping hand. Yeah. So then I met him, and and yeah, obviously. Mm-hmm. Didn't listen to my mother and mm-hmm. uh, and our, our beautiful boy, he was born and then we started to come down because his dad wanted to 
get him into the transport industry and stuff. So okay. you buy a truck and then all, yeah. all of a sudden, suddenly you got to follow the work. And mm. So we were going back and forth. I got – we – we were going to stay here for a little bit and then I fell pregnant with number two yep. and we went back to Darwin. Mm-hmm. You want to be close to your mum. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So back to Darwin and we were up there for a bit and we moved down here. So my number three just turned 25 yesterday and she was five months old when we moved down here. Wow. So 24 and a half years. Yes. Um, we've been down in Mildura yep. and and – Beautiful place to raise a young family, mm. and I thought that if I had, oh, oh, and then when we got down here, so we only had three kids. We moved down with three kids, mm-hmm. and and then suddenly, number four mm. happens. Mm. So, so I've got one Victorian-born baby. Wow, so, yeah, but but um, but yeah, just how far are they apart in ages? Uh, about three three years. So by the time you were twenty five, you had four kids under oh. the age of ten. Oh, jeez, I didn't do the maths like that. I'm because I've got two Are kids under the age the of five. no. I don't like numbers. I'm a creative. By the time I, I twenty eight. 28, because we had the gap with the twins in there as well. Right. So by the time I was 28, my family was done. Mm. So family the twins, done. did you lose them as infants? They were, tw- I was 24 weeks. Oh, gosh. Yeah, 24 weeks and, and yeah, that was Just up in Darwin. rough, isn't it? It was a tough gig, mm. tough gig like um, leaving home or mm. leaving the hospital without them. Yes. And because like I'm pretty much the same as I was back then, quite social and, mm. and you know, everyone – you either love me or you hate me, mm. sort of thing. And mm. most of the time, it's love. So, <laughs> so, I, so I had people who they weren't my babies; they were everyone's, everyone's. babies. Yeah. And and when when they came, it was it was kind of a bit of a shock to everyone. And mm. that initial leaving the hospital without something, oh, I can't imagine. And then having to go through the funerals and stuff, which I would not change mm. because if if you have that loss. You have to be able to have that grief. Mm. You, know, you don't need books. People get all caught up in the academic, uh, academia side of things and the effects, but it's just like let people feel. Mm. Let them feel. It's and, that time thing again, isn't it? Yeah, time. And mm. I was really lucky. Like I'm not too uh, into religion or anything like that. I know there's something, but I'm, I'm not a Sunday church every, every yeah. you know. Um, but I had... My Catholic sister, who she she came and and was re- really great, like, and she said to me, anything that you feel half-hearted about, do it because once you've buried the girls, is it's done. You know, mm. you can't because I really wanted to know that they weren't because when they said they had to have autopsies. Oh. I really wanted to know that they weren't butchered and I'm yes. thinking, is, am I sick? What's wrong with me? Yeah. And so I actually got the lady at the funeral parlour mm. to take photos for me of the girls oh. um, and because we chose to bury them in the same casket and mm-hmm. stuff like that mm-hmm. and, and, yeah, so it's just so they'd still be together. Yeah. And, and, yeah, so I actually never looked at those photos and say I didn't even get them developed. It was the old role. Yeah. Yeah, and and when I I put them in this particular day and got them developed, I probably left them sit there for ages, and in a main shopping plaza, 
and and I picked Casherina. Yeah. Casherina. So Casherina Shopping yeah. World. What a great place. So I picked them up and and I actually looked at them mm. in in there. Oh. Because I, 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 well, I figure, and this is, this, I don't know where it comes from either, I figure if I'm in a public place and I'm going to, it, it, it probably tends to make you be a bit stronger. So yeah, it's a protective, mm, defensive yep. mechanism. So, so I had a look at them and I was happy. I was happy. Like to this day my my hubby hasn't seen them. Like he, he doesn't cope well with that sort of stuff. But I was at peace once I, I saw that they they looked beautiful. They Aww. looked absolutely beautiful. So, so you know, and and I don't get. I, I was bitter and twisted for a little bit because I couldn't understand why. Yes, um, and got a bit angry and all of that sort of stuff. But hey, you let it. You you let the emotions. Um, you know, you try not to let them get a hold of you, but you still let them happen. You work your way through them, and that's what I would say to my son with um, with losing his friend. Son, you need to allow yourself to feel. You need to feel it. Don't ignore it because I still cry every time I go past his street. So, mm. And he wasn't, I wasn't as close to you, uh, as close to him as you were to him. So mm. I can only imagine. Mm. And um, so just allow yourself to feel. I think that's such a profound message. Mm. And I think that's one that needs to be shared a lot more is just allow yourself to feel because I think a lot of the time we do just try and go okay yep that's happened let's bury that and move on and that's that burying that festers Mm, isn't mm, it and makes you Um, angry and mm. then and then does your head in and it's with any sort of loss as well like you know you lost the girls at 24 weeks but miscarriages happen often Mm. you know I've had three um, and it's not something you ever talk about or something that you ever probably deal with. I know that mm. I really probably never did. And I know I've had friends that have lost pregnancies and that's what we, I suppose that's, that's what you talk about. That's how you talk about it. You lost a pregnancy mm. and maybe that's a way of not feeling like you've had a loss. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It mm. gives it a bit of a, again, it's that defensive thing that you haven't lost a person because yeah. we know that losing people yeah. is awful and mm. it's there's nothing that feels worse than losing people that you love well i i i reflect back on 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 that um that time mm. and i think about like i i used to look well i used to think i'm so glad that we had that extra four weeks with them because if they were 20 weeks and under mm. I wouldn't have been able. I, I, I wouldn't have been, been able dancing. to grieve like mm. like I did. You know, they would have just gone into the waste at the hospital. Yes, you know, and that's the reality. And the, yeah, that's the reality. And so, so then I found comfort in the fact that whilst I didn't have them, uh, that extra four weeks enabled me to bury my babies mm. and celebrate the the the. Lack of life, I suppose, but cel- mm. celebrate them as human beings. Mm. One thing, and and I've never shared this one with any any anyone actually, is when when I had them, they said to me, um, "There's nothing that we can do," because they were actually hoping that that might have been a week on, uh, and so then they'd be twenty five weeks and a bit more of a chance. Mm. Um, and I just assumed that. They they weren't they were stillborn, and, and 
and so so we had the two paediatric teams there and they, they took the girls. There's, there's nothing that they could do. And I had this beautiful nurse. It's funny how some things just stick. Mm. This beautiful nurse came back to me and a little 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 while after and she goes, Nosaya, your babies have just passed away. <gasps> Would you like me to bring them to you? And I was just a bit, so they obviously used oh the last, God. the last of their oxygen, you know, obviously whatever was in in them, and I was just, I was horrified. I was just horrified. And so she brought the girls to me, and they were still beautiful and warm and stuff like that. So, so they just stayed with me, and I wasn't letting go of them then mm. because I felt like a shit mum, mm. <laughs> you know, because I just assumed, you know, and and that's the thing you. When when you're caught up in that that those friggin' lights and emergency people coming at you everywhere, just take stock and just take a breath. And because I would never have let them leave my side, mm. they would have taken their last breath in my arms. Mm. And that's the only that that was the hard one of the hard things for me to to move past. And and um, and I remember the. The nurse was saying, "Would you like us to take them?" And I'm going, "No, no, they're fine." And they were getting colder, mm. you know. And and they ended up calling my hubby to come, and because I just looked at every little bit of their little bodies, so it was just mm. perfect. Mm. They were just perfect, just too early. So, so you went into labour. Yeah, my mm. cervix had fully dilated. Oh, yeah. I was sitting on the toilet at home. We were supposed to go to Adelaide River because my sister was there. And we had a family wedding the day before and um, I remember it because I, I said, I don't want to go to the wedding and look like a bush pig. Like I was huge. <laughs> I was huge. Like at 24 weeks I mm. looked like full term. Mm. So, um, And so we were going to go to Adelaide River and, and mum said to me, are you okay? And, and I said, yeah, I think so. But I went to the toilet and I felt like a, um, you know how that flowery feeling of a balloon? Mm-hmm. Right? A fresh balloon. Like just, mm. yeah, and and I sat down to go to the toilet and, you know, you do your wipe mm. and and there was this thing, it felt like a balloon there and I sort of pushed it, sort of went, oh, that was a bit odd sort of thing and because I had my doctor's appointment the next day, I thought, oh, I'll tell them about that. Mm. My meal will just mm. hang about and tell them about that tomorrow. Mm. And then mum asked me if I was okay, and I, I told I told her, and then they my sister rang the hospital, and they said, "Oh, look, you should you should come up," mm. because then I thought, well, obviously I thought that if something is actually coming out, well, something's going on. Mm. I had no labour, no labour pains, no nothing, um, and then going up to the hospital, you know, they started to that's what they wanted to give me injections just to in you know enhance the girl's lungs or mm-hmm. or all of that sort of stuff, but then. Then all that activity, then I started to started to get contractions and stuff and then they wanted to know whether they needed to see whether I was dilated mm. but they didn't want to because they didn't, the, mm. the chance of disturbing it and then boom, then, mm. I, then it starts anyway. And I said, well, either way, you know, either way, well, my practical mind mm. said something was hanging out so yeah. obviously... I'm dilated sort of yeah. thing. So but um but yeah, so that was that was interesting times. That's interesting. an interesting adjective for it. Yeah. Oh, well, well look it's it's um I don't know, my my mother was a very calm person and I'd like to think that I've drawn some of that mm. from her and with that calmness brings you a little bit of strength 
and and um, what's the other word I'm looking for? Um, totally gone. It's not common sense, but like practicality. Yeah, and and you know, I I I was angry. I don't know why it should never have happened because we wanted them so badly, but. You know, there's a lesson in everything for everyone. Again, it's around how you respond to it. Mm. And um, it was shit. There's mm. no doubt about it. It was mm. shit. And, and and then I fell pregnant mm. six months later. You know the mm. old saying, one of my aunties, you know, the poor old, old darlings say, they try to say the right thing and it's the most wrong thing. You know, that, mm. that everything happens for a reason sort of thing. Everyone yeah. uses that one. Mm. And, yeah, yeah, it does, but she's a shit of a reason. What, yeah. what, give me some rhyme yeah. or reason why someone would want to take two babies that are wanted. Yeah. And um, and then I fell pregnant with Emmy and my number three and the best pregnancy. Really? Yeah. No morning sickness. I was studying, so I've got a backpack on my back, baby in my belly, and off I'd go to uni and and my mum used to say that her little sister's uh, watching over her, making yeah. sure she's, she's okay. And when she was born, just the most beautiful, beautiful little baby, just like porcelain. She was just gorgeous. Yeah. So And how was she as a baby? Oh just calm. A, just amazing. Yeah. Just amazing. Like well look, to be honest, all of my kids were amazing. Yeah. I, I never had you know, like, you know, so have some people have challenges with their babies. Yes. Um, I never had that. And so I've always passed on my words of wisdom to my daughter in laws or Mm. niece-in-laws or whatever, whoever they may be, it's just like if you're calm, your baby will be calm. Yeah. If you're a psycho, you can have a psycho baby. <laughs> you know, like that, that's it. So and and don't read too many books. Yes. I think that's really important. They're, they're not gospel. Like I never read a book. I didn't even go to those birthing classes. Did you like that? We went to two with our first. Mm-mm. That was I, enough for me. I don't, I don't want to see what's going to happen. Mm. I don't want to see. And, mm. and it's just like just go and just have to do it. Yes. Just, I don't need to see mm. it. So, mm. so I've, I've always said just be calm and um, even like my 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 granddaughter, she's just delightful. She's just, you know, and her mum is such a calm, calm mum. Yep. Um. And that's it. Like I, I had babies in the bed. Yeah. Like I'd wake up. Well, that's probably why they're so resilient <laughs> because they would wake up and it's just like <laughs> jump through on. the night. They're, they're just they've just got to fend for themselves. Yeah. So, so they latch on. And, yeah. And the baby wouldn't get out of the bed until the next one was born, sort of thing. Right. So it's like you you do with you do what you have to do, don't you? You do with yeah, yeah. And, and just. Love, like I loved having them close. Yeah, you know, just yeah, yeah. you know. And you, you, it's interesting when you're hearing everyone with the COVID stuff. I mm. take my hats off to all these mums and dads who are homeschooling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I so I like I look here because Lovey's doing it, and yeah. and I think, mate, that's just just amazing. That's, uh, there's no, I, I, teachers need a pay rise. Like the state government really needs to step up uh, now and give all childcare workers and teachers a uh, big pay rise. Just fantastic. Yeah. These, these these parents. Mm. I like. I couldn't do it. 
like, you know, whilst I used to get behind and support the teachers mm. with my children because mm. I never, you know, no child's that innocent. No. So, and the parents who think that their child's are the innocent ones are normally the real little. Yeah. Like, you know, I wonder if this will change parents' attitudes toward teachers because you know how there are the parents that I saw attack the, the teachers? saw the best post the other day. <laughs> You'll have to Facebook. share it with me. It was something about it was something about um, for all those parents who didn't teach their children respect. Mm. Ha ha. Yeah. Ha ha. Because <laughs> exactly. they're all at home now, being homeschooled. Yeah. So kids, but anyway, that was one thing that was always big. But mm. um, but yeah. So that's that's hubby. Darwin, children. Now, it's Mother's Day this Sunday. You okay. said your mum's no longer with us. Mm. Mm, that's sad. When did she pass? Did it she remain actually, in Darwin until yeah, she Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, she actually, we actually moved her to Brisbane because she was on um, permanent dialysis. And, and back back then um, she she could only have 600 mils of fluid and that's because yeah, that's yeah. all she could Process mm. through. So in the heat in Darwin, we thought, oh, we'll move her to Brisbane. Mm-hmm. So lessons learned from all of that also. Like, you know, so for for us, we wanted more time. Mm-hmm. But for her moving into a new town, you know, there was, there was, there was uh, challenges around new relationships where at yeah. least in Darwin, you know, we would get, we would get, she would have uh, her like the church would pop around and pick up all the all the old girls and they'll go do do activities down mm. at the church in their activity center and stuff like that. So she had those networks mm. where she had to redevelop all of those. So we had her for an extra 2 years mm-hmm. which was um which was good, mm. but um you know, you never prepare yourself for losing the you know, the best thing in your life mm. sort of thing. So like my mum was just amazing. Mm. You know, she and like people, a lot of people say their mums are amazing, but as poor as we were, mm. we didn't know we were poor. Yeah, that's the best, isn't it? Yeah, she yeah. had us in this bubble. Yeah, like didn't didn't phase us to be cruising off to school in our clothes that we just got from the St. Vinnie's or yeah. from the church group or you know mm. whatever. So she just had us in this bubble of love. So th- hence, I think the reason why I never talk about my story because I never want people judging my mum. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so yep. I think that's the rationale around why I never do because she was a great mum. Mm. Even though we experienced some some not-so-cool things in in our lives and stuff, um, like, you know, domestic violence and all that sort of stuff, but um, we were always safe. Mm. I, don't, I don't know. Like nowadays you wouldn't have been, you would have just been taken away from home or mm. I don't know why we weren't ever taken away sort of thing. Mm. Um, but... But she was an amazing woman. So she passed away October 2000 mm-hmm. and and she passed away in Brisbane. But she always, out of the eight of us, she would talk to each of us about different things. Mm-hmm. And so when she passed away, we were all able to be there with her from all over the world, all over the country. Yeah. I, I just don't know how she done it. Mm. And, and, um, and. She spoke, she wouldn't speak to me about arrangements, but she spoke to me about that she wanted to go back to Darwin. Yeah. She spoke to the other sisters about arrangements. Mm-hmm. So so the night she passed away, we, we were all at the hospital and then we went back to, to my sister's house and my brother-in-law opened this really old bottle of port. 
So oh, I don't mind a bottle of port after everything else. Oh, but we, we all sat and, and it just chatted and we all shared everything that yes. Mum had spoken to us individually about. Mm-hmm. And and then we had to, because coming from a Shell family as well. Um, a what family, sorry? A Shell. A Shell shells, family. Like my grandmother used to collect shells. Oh. And she had a beautiful Shell collection and all of that. So Wow. So all of the all of my mum's siblings all received part of her collection and stuff and mum would collect stuff. So mum made sure all of us had our own pearl jewellery and all of that sort of stuff yep. because, oh, pearling Shell family. Yeah, like, yeah. You gotta have pearls. Well, you, yes, and you gotta have shells. You know what? Even if you're not part of a pearl shell mm. family, you're still gonna have pearls. Mm-hmm. I do love. I've got a pair of broom pearl earrings that are mm. some of my most prized pieces of jewellery. Yeah, so I'm, mm. I'm after a. Oh, yeah. Um, but but yeah. So so we had we we had a week in Brisbane to get all the arrangements all done, mm. and we actually flew home to Darwin with Mum on the same plane. Right. So, because uh, yeah, and and but we had we had to sort everything out in Brisbane, and my uncle drove all the way from Darwin, and he missed seeing my mum. Yeah, and but he and his children stayed and were a part of all the stuff that we needed to do because we cl- we made sure we cleaned her and mm. dressed her and all of that sort of stuff, mm. and the children had a place as well. So mm. all of the children actually decorated the top of her casket yeah. with shells. Oh, beautiful. So, you know, we and, and this this was a production line. Us girls were in there dressing her. The kids are out there doing their bit. And it was just it was just beautiful. Again, it's time. Yeah. And and that message that my Catholic sister told me all those years ago, if you half if you you know, you're half thinking about something, do it. Yeah. Just do it because mm. you can't get it back. So, you know, we we my sisters and I addressing our mum and stuff like that because we were never allowed to leave the house feral. Yeah. Um, always have clean underwear. You know those those sayings, bras. Mm. And my mum would never go up the street with no. no. Mm. So um, so yeah, and and then we were trying to work out how we were going to dress her. Mm. And my sisters going, maybe we don't do that. Maybe we don't put her bra on. And the other sister's going, stop that. <laughs> You're going to have her haunting you and all of that yeah. sort of stuff. And and the funeral plate people were just beautiful. So we we took her home, um, took her home up to Darwin and we would have had the big cathedral mm. to have her service. Mm. Now, the, act, the, the, the little, little church or activity centre where she used to go with all of her other with That's all the nice. other elders. Yeah. So we get there and all of the sisters are going, mm. I thought, That's your job. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it just looked like it looked like caretakers mm. uh, the caretakers part. Yeah. So anyway, we just went and got a whole heap of beautiful palms and stuff like that and we actually gifted them to the church anyway. Yeah. And and we had my mother's old friends and and we had a lot of family that came from Broome. Mm. Um, and the ladies, her lady friends went and got Bougainvillea mm. and that wattle. So the purple Bougainvillea and the yellow wattle. Mm. So when we didn't throw dirt, we, we put that in. And it was yeah. just beautiful in with all the shells. And, and this is the thing. We don't actually feel, we don't allow ourselves to feel all this because I remember taking it all in. Yeah. 
just just taking because I'm like a big sponge. I mm. just take it all in yeah. and then process. Um, and and then there was this back bobcat over in the distance we could see. Oh, and it's just like. Oh. And, and my hubby, like being a part of our family for so long, like yeah. they weren't, they're not affectionate people. Mm-hmm. And like, how do you stay non affectionate when we're all big huggers? And, yes. And he actually said, Look, I don't, I'm not comfortable with that mm. dropping the dirt in on your mum. There's enough of us. Yeah. So they went and got shovels and they oh, filled, wow. they filled it. And, and just, yeah, just, just beautiful moments. And mm. I think, um, hum, humans nowadays don't just take a step back and and you know reflect on those moments mm. and appreciate those moments. Like mm. it, as much as it was the worst thing in my life to mm. ever have to do, mm. and you know when you're writing cards uh, or you see written in cards, you know I hope you get or you'll get comfort from your memories and you just go, what's that mean? Mm. But I actually get it. You get it. Now. I actually get it. And, yeah. and I actually never felt my mum not being here. Yeah. So it was right up until um, because of her, I can. That year, mm. it was like she was gone. Wow. Yeah. And 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 I'd never felt alone. And that's what that was really bizarre. It was really really bizarre. Yeah. And and. I figure, or I like to think that she thinks I'm okay. You've done okay. Yeah, I'm okay to stand on my own two feet. And she goes, I can rest now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God I can rest. But, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, 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 yeah, so 20 years this year will be her anniversary. Wow. Mm. And how old was she when she passed? She was 61. See, that's so young, mm. isn't it? And my kids get all testy, like, Traumatised when I kind of say to them, well, you know, mum's only got, you know, a few years left. Yeah. Oh, it could be 10 years if you're lucky. Mm. And like, why would you say that? And I said, look, at the end of the day, that's that's a reality. Mm. So I actually need you guys to, you know, you, you don't pretend it's never going to happen. Mm. It's it's going to happen. Mm. So, um, Hard for your kids to process, though. Hard for anyone to process. You know, mm. it's one of, you're right. It's one of those things that well, like I said, we don't want everyone to think about. I said to my kids, I don't think I would have been able to get through that mm. without all of you. Mm. So I, we flew them all because, again, you know, you're trying to fly family of six up to Darwin. Expensive and, exercise. Yeah, and there was, there was eight of us with all of our kids. Yeah. And talking about whether we take one or two or which one. Do, and I'm like, mm. which one do you take? Yeah. And like, so yeah, it's all or nothing. Mm. And and I, I just said I can't do it without, without my kids. Mm. So... So, so I said, just want to make sure you just got a heap, heap of kids. Yes, heap of kids mm-hmm. before before I croak it. Otherwise, yeah. you're going to just be mush, <laughs> uh, <laughs> hopeless mush. So. so you've got grandkids too, haven't you? Before I've we got finish, one, one. I've got one, and she was actually named after my mum. Oh, bless! And she's just. And I always worry because she lives in Darwin. Yeah, that she won't remember me. Rubbish. And well, it's interesting because. When she was born, mm. I was from here mm-hmm. to Darwin within 24 hours. Yeah. Before she turned one day old, yeah. I needed to touch her. Yeah. And she needed to sniff Nana. Yeah. So, and, and yeah, and and I, I was, I was, I, I said, I would just break my heart if she didn't know who I was. Mm. And because we don't see her a lot, mm. but when we're talking, she just goes, Nana. 
Yeah. And, and it's just, just. How old is she? She'll be three next month. Awesome. Do you FaceTime her a lot? Well, not a, a little bit, yeah. a little bit. We talk a little bit on the telephone yeah. and like I, I, before all of this, I would try and fly up for a week here yeah. or there and stuff. And um, yeah, but I've, I'm, I'm expecting my second one. <gasps> In October. Wow, that's mm. exciting. Mm-hmm. So it's my daughter's. Um, and where's your daughter? <laughs> she's in Newman. Where's Newman? In the Pilbara. WA. Oh, gosh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. So all of them. And, and then my number three's moved to Newman as well. Mm-hmm. And my youngest son's locked down in Newman, oh, like in the Pilbara yep. with, with his IFO, yes, so, yeah. yeah so. so Mother's Day for you. That's what's where I quiet Mother's Day for you. Quiet bit of I think I and I and I think this is where I'm getting my joy. Yeah. You know, this mothering this, everybody else. Yeah, this will this will make me feel, like I'll feel a little bit um like I've got a purpose or mm. a complete or whole. Yeah. Whole and a nice whole. I was going to say whole soul. <laughs> No, but that didn't sound quite right. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so – and can I just say I yes. have tried talking about – I have tried to go to places to do public speaking mm. practice and stuff like that. No. Really? No, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. I think it's either in you or it's not. Mm. I really do because mm. it's one of those things that you hear people – that you would think would be no problem with public speaking, they're like, absolutely not. Mm-mm. I've asked people to come on the podcast that I w- thought would jump at the chance. They're like, Mm-mm. like you, Mm-mm. absolutely not. No, sorry. And if I didn't have a relationship with you, I wouldn't have. No, well, yeah. and that's fine. So, so, so we're getting exclusive now, mm-hmm. so mm, mm-hmm. Mm, mm-hmm. which is great. And I really appreciate it, but the computer's going to go flat and I've got to go pick up my little boy from mm-hmm. preschool too. So thank you for sharing your story and your business and mm-hmm. Thank you for everything you're doing in Robinvale. I think the next phase looks very warm and cosy. So, well, I'll invite. Oh, yes, that. Well, I invite you to phase three. Mm. I think that will be like you can you can connect in with us. Yes, because we can we can have up to thirty people. Mm. Um, but, you know, obviously, and if you want a guest speaker, I'm sure Luke will come and speak because it's very much the men's mental health side of things. Well, he doesn't like speaking, but he will for this. But I'm actually thinking we could have. A, um, a men's activity. Mm. So as soon as some of the social restrictions are lifted, mm. I'd be really happy to have an activity. Or when, when you label it as an activity, but just a gathering for the men. Yes. Um, just to just for him to actually maybe ha- say how are you guys faring and let them. Yeah. You know, let 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 it evolve. Yep. And sort of be scripted. Yeah. So, yeah. and yeah. that's that's the important thing mm. from where we're coming from. Let's just not make it. Yeah, just yeah. let it happen. And that, and if 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 you have to get funding from somewhere, let some other one do the do the applications that mm. can do do all the talking, mm. but but never lose what our purpose is. Yeah, that's right. You know, mm. or, or or what drives us mm. in in the in the first instance. Mm. So. It's important. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much for You're sitting welcome. down and having a chat with me today. Yes, you haven't eaten enough cake. Oh, I'm about to fix that. Yes, I didn't yeah. want to eat while I was talking to you. How rude. Mm. Thanks so much, Nasaya. So if you need um, the services of the Robinvale Employment Network mm-hmm. in the TAFE building. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes, that's where we are for for a little while anyway. Yeah. Um, until the next state, but state, state budget, budget is revealed. Yeah. Oh. Fingers crossed for you because we don't want to lose you in Robinvale. 
All good. No, thank you. Thank you for your time. I could have sat and chatted to Nasaya all day. And if it hadn't have been for preschool pickup, we probably would have. I thank Nasaya from the bottom of my heart for sharing her business and her story with us. And you can find links to First People's Training Institute and services to help with pregnancy loss, grief and mental health in the show notes and on our website. Join us next week when we talk about getting the band back together. If you need a lay down after that episode of The Veil, find a new couch, mattress or bed at Robin Vale Appliances and Furniture Zone. Thanks for listening to The Veil Podcast. If you'd like to help us out, you can simply give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or perhaps your company would like to financially support us. There are now a couple of ways for you to do this. You can buy some advertising sponsorship from as little as $100 per month or you can now make fully tax-deductible donations via Functional Arts. Head to the website to find out more, thevalepodcast.com.au.